Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights on the Phantom Town Audio Show. I'm Tom Reed, and for possibly the last time this season, promotion willing, I'm joined by Martin Maloney, Ian Brandt and Jefferson Lake for a end-of-term uh, show. Uh, Martin, the season's boiling down to a couple of matches v Exeter and Barrow. How are you feeling about it all? I'm uh, honestly optimistic. I think you always think, are you in with a chance? You know, it's not playing away. Uh, you know, we only won nil down with 10 minutes to go, right? We've not, we've not balled it up too much. End of a season, two games to go. Is it in our hands? It is. And we've, we've right, really hit a hot streak right coming into the business end. Yeah, these are as good times as you get as a cobbler. Um, you know, as exciting times, not so much good times as you've cheese on exciting times, as in we think we can do it. Yeah, bring yeah. it on. For I'm me, I'm, I'm just quite philosophical about it, really, because if if we go up automatic, that's great. If we get in the playoffs, I'm quite excited for that. If we stay down, I'm not too fussed. So I'm just like easy about it, really. Um, have you got a football moment of the week for us, Martin? I have, and it, it's really, really boring because it's a cobbler's <laughs> one. Okay. Now, we've all liked what we've seen of Josh Shapire. Yeah. But there's a million and one things. And I think I, I said yesterday, he's 25, he's 23. But there's loads of things we said about the things he can't do. You know, he couldn't stay fit. He's maybe going to be a bench player in the mould of Asamoa or someone, you know. And then suddenly, over Easter, he plays 75, 85 minutes each game. And then he misses a hat-trick of chances, but keeps getting in at Brentford. And then he scores one where he really calmly takes it round the keeper. And then, for me, probably the cross of the season from Sammy Hoskins and the calmest finish ever. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. The guy who you're backing, who you think, well, he's perhaps a little like Sam Hoskins. You see the stuff, but there's not the end product, and maybe it'll, you know, it'll always give you something, but maybe not everything. And he's had his day, and I was like, wow, you know, we were we were about twelve hundred and fifty of us in our end. I mean, at least a couple of you in the other in the home end, and probably <laughs> lots of other cobblers fans. Yeah, just that was just brilliant. You know, it, it's you know there there are probably greater, more important things, but for me, Josh or Josh Felix Apaya, as it always says in the team sheet. He had a day, and I so want him to have another couple of days and be here next season. Yeah, all he has to do now is just do the business in two games, and he'll just be a bit of a hero at the club anyway, no matter if he stays or not. But just just good moments when we're you know in the way end, and the atmosphere was just 
really good, wasn't it? Everyone was half cup, I think, mainly. That's why they uh, didn't sell any beer in the away end. But just uh, well, I'm not, I'm not down with any of that sort of thing myself. I believe so. No, no, you were sober as a judge, actually, Martin. I saw you though. <laughs> you were talking about your latest moves in uh, on uh, play by mail chess, weren't you, Martin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I believe. Quite, quite, I don't even know how to say a move. I just know the sequences of letters. But yes, <laughs> I think the the queen's eating some prawns or something. <laughs> in her, ca- in her castle, in her castle, nine or something. <laughs> yeah, castling. Just, just. I play. Don't them them bishops? Now you think about it, don't they look a bit phallic? <laughs> <laughs> they do, Martin. I don't know what that's that for a power play, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this show's gonna go to pot. We know anyway, so we might as well just uh, get on with it. Anyway. Let's lead. We need to lean into it. <laughs> exactly. But that was uh, that was a good football moment of the week, actually. To be fair, mine. It's got off of Marcus Rashford, so we're doing pretty good at the end. Finally, at the end of the season. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm saving all Marcus Rashford for every pod next season. <laughs> um, Ian, I hear you're you know that nervous about the Cobblers game on Saturday that you even forgone your pre-match meal of um, scampi platter at Chili Village. You know, how, how are you getting on with the promotion fever? Let's, let's, yeah, let's hope this year I don't get playoff fever. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like uh, the vaccine of um, the autom- of automatic promotion gets me through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I went past Vill- uh, Chili Village the other day. I think it's got. Is it gone vegan? There's some sort of vegan thing going on. There. Oh, I can't keep up with it. veganism. Oh, do you know, I, I'm swaying towards the vegan. Um, bandwagon, you know. I've got okay. some Linda. I, oh, do you mean, oh, no? No, I said, okay, okay, okay. I said, oh, no, that's right. terrible news. <laughs> that's good, oh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, I was treated. I got, a, I got a bit of a um, bombshell for you all guys. I was there on Saturday and I was up in the, um, I was up on the balcony. I got a late invite to the, um, to the balcony. Nice. I, the VIP section. So I was in. I was up there. So I, what, I didn't experience the great away end atmosphere, and didn't see any of the four goals cross the line because we were like 90 degrees <laughs> to it. So for the first, we saw him hit it. We saw it fly towards the goal, and then we just had to wait for about a second to look over to to you guys in the away end. Um, but yeah, it was it was amazing. We could see Bodfish from where we were sitting. We were shouting at him, like unmasking him as as a away fan in the home area. I think he got away with it. Um, <laughs> the guy, the guy whose flat it was, was a bit nervous that I was going to knock off um, my can of, of um, cider off the edge and into the fans below. Um, yeah, but it was a, yeah, great experience, great experience. And I had yeah, I had Linda. Um, I went to Jake's flat on the way. Like we stopped at his. Went with his brother and his um, dad, and we he cooked us some um, because obviously he's vegan and I'm gluten and dairy intolerant. So he did he did a Linda some Linda McCartney sausages for me. So at this rate, guys, if we don't go up and Forest Green do, I might convert to. Um, <laughs> so by the way, like what was that song that Orion came out to? Was it Spanish Flea or something? It was like. You can't come out to some like. Oh, I think it was. I think it was. Da, 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 we were yeah, saying earlier, like, I was saying is, to my mate, like, what? That is Johnny Flea. Yes, but wonder, wonder what the origins of that are. Some strange songs, isn't there, that, that clubs off their um, entrance music? It's <laughs> better than having something that sounds as niche as Zed cars and then seeing someone else has it. 
<laughs> well, exactly. Or and thinking, just go well, back to the eighties, and we'll all have well, something. Forest, Forest Green could have Earth Song by Michael Jackson, couldn't they? <laughs> back in back on the vegan bandwagon, and um, do you not think after Max Brannan, that's going to be? I'll move on to my football moment of the week. Apart from the obvious one, it was Max Brannan and Dean Gaffney, aka Robbie from EastEnders, playing at the former PTS Academy pitch. I mean, yeah. Do you not? Well, there's there's rumours Letitia Dean lives locally. Um, mm. Abby Brannan lives locally. Adam Woodjack. Adam Woodjack is supposed to live. Yeah, What's the name? Oh, the other one who's just been killed in it, Tina. She lives locally, doesn't she? Um, she's from Northampton. I, don't you think we should come out to the East Enders thing? Max Brennan's character, I can't remember what he's called, but I'm sure he got buried alive, didn't he? And you're a, a safe for dinner. Max Brennan is, is, is Max Brennan. I can't remember the actor's name. He is Max Brennan. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the character. What's his, sorry, I've, he's, he's so tight. Uh, Jake, Jake something. Jake. There you go. See, I noticed this week, by the way, that Tim Oglethorpe's TV talk is no longer in the, the Daily Mail TV magazine. God. He still writes for it, but t- so... I reckon I could take it over with knowledge like that, couldn't I? Mm. Well, That's what we've been working but, uh, towards. Wouldn't Wouldn't there be an argument to say if if all of these people and I'm not too up to date on EastEnders, but I believe yeah. that Dirty Dan maybe is coming to a sticky end. But no. if they're all if they're all up around <laughs> there, then that. surely, you know, matey boy on the market, what's his name, Fitzy? Fitzy, yeah. he, he's barking up the wrong tree going the crod. He just needs to speak. Some of these celebs have been around Walford Market. Yes. <laughs> That's how you revitalise, isn't it? Instead of relocating to TK Max car park, they could relocate him to the East End. <laughs> well, at least we'd see something going on there, wouldn't we? <laughs> it would. Um, no, so yeah, what a... And also, Bodfish, you dug out those photos from when, was it the Queen Vic five-a-side team? And they were wearing pretty much the um, the cobbler kit from, was it 80? What was the year with the C, the Carlsberg C? 84. Oh, 83, 84. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the Queen Vic five-a-side team kit as well. It all links together. That, that is a kit I had, shirt I had made in China that I, I have, which I think is probably <laughs> the only one still in existence. Was it was it made by the company that bought cobblers a couple of years ago? Xiangzhou. <laughs> I, I I don't think it was anyone that that good or equally that that um dodgy disappearing um because it did <laughs> it turn up about fifty days surprises. later. So Ian, did you so when you go and watch the um game in this flat and I think is it the same guy who the club publicised or the the chronicle or whatever yeah. like yeah yeah with his missus yeah. right yeah. um so when you go and watch from this guy's balcony you can't see any of the goals. We could, we were right, like I was leaning on the edge of the balcony, looking over, and you couldn't, you could see the goal, but you couldn't quite see it, like the, the, like the line, the touch line. So it was, yeah, it's, and it, annoyingly, all four goals were at that end, weren't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we saw, like, you know, you could tell what, we saw everything that happened, you didn't quite see it across the line, which was, but it was, you know, quite an experience. Um, I suppose you've got a toilet if you need it, haven't you? You can go and watch telly if you want well, it, you know. I almost, I almost didn't make it because we came, like, we didn't, yeah. I only, the first thing I did when I got it, because we walked, like, from Tottenham to, to like, Orient. And, yeah, it was, 
Yeah, I was like running in. It's like, yeah, nice to meet you, mate. We really got to use your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, um, it was, uh, you, you, could, way, I think you could see them, um, Jake, and that wave. Like, we're looking for people waving. Is it true yeah, that yeah, Jake, yeah. Jake had too much to drink and he was in bed by eight o'clock? Is that? Oh, uh, I mean, he was, he was, I didn't really notice any difference. He was his huge <laughs> self, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he put it in the group chat that he was put to bed at eight o'clock because he had too much to drink. Yeah. I think we already did it after that day, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, that was a good uh, football moment of the week. Um, Jeff, Cobbers obviously promotion uh, in the promotion mix. You've seen mm. quite a few Cobbers promotion seasons. Uh, you know, you've yeah. worked on quite a few. How's this one looking? Do you think? Because it's it's quite unusual to be in the top three. We usually scrape into the playoffs late on, don't we? Yeah, it's um, I've I, I've not actually seen that much of the team this year. I've got full disclosure, I'm going to my third game of the season on Saturday, yeah. my third and final game. So I've not seen a lot of them, um, but I do speak regularly, to, obviously, to you guys and uh, my students. A couple of my students go to a lot of the games. Um, the general consensus is best goalkeeper in the league, best defense in the league, mm. mid- midfield, yeah, is okay, and then up front probably could do with another striker um so fair enough to me it what that feels a bit like is a bit like um the i mean all the good promotion teams have kind of been based on a good defense really haven't they if you think about like the atkins teams warburton samson yeah um and then the calderwood team with um sean deitch chris doig luke chambers as a back three so this is kind of similar to that um the uh, Wilder team was a bit more had a bit more about it than that, hence why they won the league. But it's good. I, I, what you said, I agree with what you said at the start of the of the show about how you're going into the last two games of the season and and um, kind of like you'd you'd kind of be happy with any outcome really from this point. Um, yeah. I think like if they are to get promoted, that's a massive overachievement in terms of from what I understand about the budget at the club and things like that and. Um, uh, and sort of pre-season expectation levels. Um, so we just like sort of like well ahead of schedule if they do get promoted. And we've kind of had the conversation, haven't we, on here about whether that would actually be, um, you know, not not such a great thing. It would it would require a lot more investment. Let's let's say that. And I, I yeah. think, and you boys will know this better than me, that quite a lot of the defenders are out of contracts at the end of this season. So. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it kind of feels like it's a bit like now or never, maybe, for this group. Um, but, yeah, you wouldn't... I don't think you'd be that... I don't know. I've I, I sort of... It's one of them, like, you kind of set yourself up to think, well, you know, if we don't go up, we've had a good year. We've had a nice day out and all that. <laughs> we've had a good year. But when you've been yeah. at the top for like. so long, you know, <laughs> to, to then to take it like that, um, you want the caravan, don't you? You I want have, the speedboat. Yeah, exactly. Can I, yeah. Can I, can I've, heard, I've read online this week, bear in mind this was on the hotel end, so you know, take that, make it that what you will. But I read we've got a bottom eight budget, like we're bottom eight for budget on players. Like, I, wait, I, I don't read the hotel end ever, but I have, I had heard that a few months ago, yeah. But I, don't, I can't see that with people like Epier and um, I don't know, but mate, I can't see that. I'd, I'd say, you know, if I was you know, thinking about it, you know, I'd, I'd probably be where we are. I mean, maybe not top three, but maybe a promotion budget. I can't see us outperforming it that much, but you never know. I, guess. I don't know if they added quite a few players in January, didn't they? So it might have been 
boosted a they bit. They spend some money then. I don't know. I, again, I, I don't follow it that closely anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am actually going on Saturday, but I'm in the, the front row of the North Stand, so I'm, I'm virtually on the pitch. And uh, if there's a pitch invasion, which I assume there will be, I'll be the first one on <laughs> until, until, I, until I do a hammy and have to get um, whoever the, the 2022 equivalent of uh, the late Dennis Casey is to come over and give me some... <laughs> Give me some treatment on the sidelines. <laughs> You're good. There's going to be some stray shots hitting you, Jeff. You need to take some. Oh, absolutely. Time. If I don't get a header, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, it's all sort of boiling up. It's it's sold out. Extra sold out there allocation. Looks like a couple of the players enjoyed themselves, shall we say, in the uh, local uh, hostelries around Exeter. So uh, hopefully they're not really on their game, but it'd be a good occasion anyway. Um, Jeff, you got a football moment of the week for us? I have indeed, and I can't believe that someone didn't get this one in before me. Um, okay. so this is this is although I, maybe it's because I've only been to two games so far for the Cobblers, but this has been one of my favourite football seasons in terms of the big picture of football. There's quite there's quite a lot to like about this season. Um, you know, it's been really great to have fans back at, at grounds and stuff like that, and you kind of really appreciate um, just what a difference that does make to. Uh, in inverted commas, of the product of football when you're certainly watching it on TV. Um, Manchester United continue to be absolutely terrible, which is hilarious because I know an enormous amount of Manchester United fans. Um, and obviously the Cobblers are doing doing their thing, but it was a beautiful moment last weekend when um, I, uh, I, I'd been listening to the Orient commentary and, and that game was kind of in the bag. And I went to the, the White Elephant for a, for a nice glass of, uh, of red wine and just as I was lifting it up to uh, to take the first sip of it, it came through that Peterborough United had been relegated, which was just <laughs> wonderful, a wonderful moment. And I, and I, and I love that. And, um, Gary Maybe, who does the, the um, films, the games for Anglia, I think he might still do it for, but he's an Anglia TV cameraman, obviously play for the Cobblers. Um, he, he, used to, he does stuff at Peterborough as well. And he always just used to say, you know, basically... Peterborough and Northampton is, is the same club. It's, you know, they're, they're not actually that different as clubs. Uh, it's just that they've got, they're having a good time of it at the minute and they've got a bit of money and it'll all come back down. And, you know, and that's kind of a bit like, uh, you know, the, uh, is that's what rivalry is all about, isn't it? Well, there's, a, there's an expression for it and I can't think what it is at the minute. It's the, it might be the narcissism of small differences or something like that, where, um, yeah. Good. The closer you are to someone, you hate them, other things, something like that anyway. But yeah, that was just really nice to see them get relegated. And really, like for all the, you know, they've done great business in the transfer market and um, Barry Fry, this expert salesman, getting millions and millions of pounds for all these players again and again and again. And next season, they've, they very realistically could be in the same level as the old cobblers, you know. Mm. Um, so, you know, the cycle of life and all that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the quote you were looking for there, Jeff. But I was, I was thrown towards a Morrissey song with um to the the attitude of most Peter fans towards us. The more you ignore me, the closer I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Could, yeah. yeah, that could be the one. It it does add a bit of spice if we do go up because there's a lot of good teams in. Well, obviously Posh aren't a good team, but there's a lot of. <laughs> Teams that we want really want to be playing against in in League One, you know, Derby are down, aren't they? And yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's 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 a. I always think League One's a brilliant division because you've got kind of like it's it's like a graveyard of the mismanaged Premier League clubs, isn't there, Martin? You know about Sunderland, obviously, and um, 
Ipswich Town are in their Derby County for one of the most mismanaged clubs so, of recent memories. It's, and, uh, it's, it's where big clubs go to die. Yeah, <laughs> brilliantly put. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to see them get relegated, and uh, especially over a nice re-offer in the uh, what elephant, yeah. Yeah. whatever you drink. What's your, what's your red wine of choice, Jeff? Uh, I, in there, I think it's a, a Merlot. A Merlot is a bit, uh, I know it's a bit of an easy option, isn't it? But I just tend to just say whatever, really. Oh, you're not surely, surely to celebrate Posh being relegated, break out the claret. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it should be really yeah yeah but um no that was it was one it was a wonderful moment and that's this is the thing with an because that's quite an aspirational club so they will always have that risk of coming back down won't they um Darren McAntony's podcast listen to it earlier today is quite a good a good listen because he's fallen out with the entire media at Peterborough including <laughs> Alan Swan so uh yeah have a listen to that if you haven't already <laughs> As he got to the levels of my favourite story, Roxham FC, where the guy got banned and he just got a little ladder and uh, <laughs> just looked over the top of the fence and kept on writing about them. Has it got to that level yet? No, we were always, we never, I never actually got banned by the cobblers. And when you're a football journalist, it's kind of seen as a bit of a badge of honour if you do. Yeah. Um, and I remember one thing we, um, one thing I heard about Pete Norton, again, Pete Norton's name's coming up. He told us about what a, a newspaper got, their reporter got banned. So when they published the um, pictures from the games, they blurred out all the supporters, uh, all the, um, sorry, the advertisers' logos, unlike the advertising boards and the shirts and everything. Um, and the, then the advertisers contacted the club and kicked off. So it's quite, really? that's quite an interesting an interesting way around it. It never came to it, obviously. <laughs> but that was something we could have done. Did you nearly not get banned when you um, gave away about Sean Dyche potentially signing? Was it was it close to the wire there, or it, just just no, a threat that, of physical violence from the man? It himself. was just uh, it was just lots of very scary Scottish swearing down <laughs> down the phone, uh, and then um, blind panic by me, and then uh, yeah, it was all smoothed over with with Colin. I, I like I think Colin Calderwood just probably forgotten that. Uh, but I was I was actually thinking the other day I might do I might write a book about my time covering the cobblers. I'm going to call it "Don't Shoot the Messenger." Yeah. Um, and uh, but then I did think that there's probably only you three and then the two listeners that would buy it, so it's kind of pointless, really. <laughs> no, but all of your um your enemies you made in the uh, managerial and football world would would buy it. People like Ryan Gillian, he'd buy a few, two or three yeah. copies. So you... Gary Johnson would buy a, a, a yeah. lot of them and then burn them in his back garden. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So there's always a readership for these. Um, of course, yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd punt it off. Just give it a go and you never know what uh, stories yeah. we'll dig up. Right then, let's move on to the Cobblers catch-up feature where we round up the week's news from Sixfields. For this bit, I'm joined by Martin Slugger Maloney, James Avril, and Keith Bugby, all recovering from hangovers from late in Orient at the weekend. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Good, thanks. Very good, very good. Yeah, well, good stuff. So, so um, let's start with that brilliant win at late in Orient. Um, what a day, lads. What a day. Um, James, I think... Everyone was a little bit nervy, sort of subconsciously, as to what to expect, but we blew Orient away in the end, didn't we? Yeah, it was a strange one for me because I wasn't expecting to go. Um, mm. So I hadn't kind of like mentally prepared for the game. I was going to do the whole um, switch the phone off and see what the thing was at the end. And then, yeah, uh, managed mm. to wing a ticket. And um, yeah, we absolutely blew them away. The first half uh, was some of the best football I've seen us play in years. Um, unfortunately, it was in the home end, so I couldn't properly 
uh, celebrate some of it in the in the correct manner. But it was really good to see all the fans having, uh, you know, in the way bit opposite, uh, having a really good time. And yeah, we were unplayable for for bits of it. It was a very even start actually for the first kind of ten minutes. But once we got that goal, we were all over them like a rash, and uh, they they couldn't handle us. And yeah, I think it was the best performance I'd seen from us all season in terms of that first forty five minutes. And Really good to see us creating chances. I mean, we scored four goals in the first half. We could have had six or seven. Uh, it was it was that one-sided. Uh, they then get the goal right before half-time. You think, ah, and we even responded to that. So, yeah, it was a perfect first half almost. What was it like going in the home end? I've never really done that. Was it, I guess because they haven't got much to play for and I don't think it was the biggest crowd from their perspective that, you know, you weren't, you weren't surrounded by people, let's put it that way. It was a pretty spicy atmosphere still, oh, to be it? honest. Me and, me and Brendan were quite surprised at um, mm. how up for it they were. They were. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we, we, we could kind of... I don't think we were hiding <laughs> that we were Cobblers fans, really. We, I mean, we didn't overtly celebrate, but uh, we were pretty much talking about Cobblers stuff throughout. So anyone who was sitting in front or behind of us would, would have been well aware who we supported. But, um, yeah, it was quite... It was, it was, you know, it was a good atmosphere, and it was, it was very interesting kind of... Um, I've only ever done that twice before when I've been in the, the home end. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a League Two ground at the end of the day. There's never really huge trouble, particularly late in Orient. They, you know, they seem, they've always seemed a nice bunch. Got on well with the fans I've met. I know quite a few O's myself. So, um, yeah, it was it was interesting, you know, being in the home end, hearing, you know, some, some, some comments and that. And uh, they didn't seem too enamoured with some of our tackles but hey ho it is what it is I didn't I didn't think I didn't think they were that particularly bad apart from the rose one at the end but we'll get on to that <laughs> you must have been busting to celebrate when that Mitch Pinnock goal went in that was an absolute net buster I mean I've never had to contain myself so much because <laughs> the the other two games I've been in where I was in the home end for for whatever reasons was South End away and that was a very boring one all draw we did score a good goal through John Johnson but other than that it was pretty non-event and then the other one was a nil-nil draw uh, against MK Dons when I was with some work lock when I worked in MK and that was one of the most boring games I've ever seen so that was the yeah. first time I've ever had to kind of like properly stop myself celebrating because bloody hell what a goal that was there's something about that ground you know i've been there loads of times but three of my favorite ever cobblers goals have been at that ground now in the last five years when you think the rod mcdonald overhead kick the ricky Holmes screamer and then that mm. one absolute nest netbuster deserving of that alan partridge striker uh commentary right over it um <laughs> absolute thunderbuster wasn't it foot foot like a traction engine yeah yeah that's very, very 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 good indeed um we'll go to you keith you took your lad, wasn't it? Like, is it his 18th birthday? And it's sort of it an away day, actual, so all dayer. Yeah, his actual 18th birthday, and he wanted wow. a, an all dayer, which I managed to keep him down to about, I think, seven drinks during the day because he was out with his mates in the evening, and I didn't want him lying down in the road. But I mean, what a day! We had sunshine. Um, yeah. Sold out. We played really positive football, and yeah, we played him off the park for a while. I mean, we were. I guess a lot of the away fans would have been right in line with. Pinnock shot as well but I thought the keeper was getting to that um it looked like the keeper was going to get enough on it to keep it out but it just it just seemed to have so much on it that mm. you know I don't know whether it snapped his wrist or what it did but it just flew in didn't it ended up mm. right in the top corner it was it was a great goal and we just we just built from that I mean um as James said they got a goal 
at the end of the first half and I started to feel nervous as you probably always do as a Cobblers fan and it's just like no alright we'll just get another one then um, I did think Epia's first goal was offside I couldn't tell for sure from our angle yeah but I think it was marginally yeah I mean positive play was absolutely rewarded I mean there's a school of thought you could say well we had to be positive didn't we because we really probably need to win the last three games but it was great to see that we could do it Mm. You 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 were actually right. I think on the last show you were saying that you it's, we we need to win the last three, and I was sort of thinking to myself, maybe we'll get away with it, but just so close behind us. We'll get onto that in a minute, but mm. that we will need to hopefully you know win them both. But yeah, it's just um it's a good it was a good day, and it was good to see you know bumped into a few people, bumped into James obviously, and it was good to see quite a few people enjoying their day out in London. So yeah, that was good. Um, Martin. You went down the coach, didn't you? You probably yeah. had a few beers, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. We we stopped in uh, Wanstead uh, beforehand, which was a nice, nice pub there, full, full of Orient fans who were, who were top top quality. Um, really, really good day out. Um, I think you know we've had some good days at Orient o- over the years. I think um, James alluded to with some of the goals, and uh, yeah, another really, really good day out there. And probably I think I remarked to a couple of people around me. The atmosphere felt as good as anything has felt since 2016 that have actually been, you know, that we've been at, as opposed to, yeah, you know, where we couldn't go to Wembley and such like. Yeah. So yeah, real, real good times, real good times, and um, yeah, puts us in control now with um, Port Vale slipping up in their derby, which was nice. I think Orient is just a good away day in general. Obviously, you're going to London, so you, you know, we went to Spitalfields before, and you got all the stuff of you know London offers, but yeah, just. The Orton grounds are good size, not too big, not too small. They've got a good clubhouse there. They've got, it's got quite a good family vibe, a bit of atmosphere. So I always enjoy. The well, on on the, club, on the clubhouse, we, we got there about 20 past two and mm. they'd already called last orders. Oh, okay. We couldn't get a drink. They um, saw lo- you come in, Slugger. They well, well lo- lovely, look, lovely looking place. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think you're a bit, a bit tight with the old last orders. <laughs> They just thought they they the word went round. Martin Slugger Maloney's in town. Let's, <laughs> he's going to drink us dry. We need to save some for the regulars. Um, yeah, it's not it's not the biggest club off, I don't think, but it's just apparently it's well. It's got good beers when you can get one. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just an enjoyable day out, and obviously the performance makes things so much better. And we'll get on onto it in a, a little bit if we're going to be as on the front foot in the next couple of games. But um, we'll see, I guess. Martin, what did you make of? The performance overall, obviously, it was really good. I was quite impressed with Epier. I just think he adds that extra dimension up front, doesn't he? Um, he d- he does. He does. I mean, I was I was kind of worried for Epier a few weeks because it just felt like you know he's never going to get fit. He's almost you know going to be a player, uh, you know, a player a player off the bench. And Brady had been sort of clear he was handling him sort of with care. But then since I'd kind of resigned myself mentally to you know the best we're going to get is with Epier is. You know, last 20, 30 minutes off the bench. He's played sort of 75, 80 minutes every game. And he's, you know, he's gained in confidence. He's, you know, you can tell he's enjoy he's enjoying, you know, a run a run in the side. And he's unplayable. You know, he's he's got that combination of pace, a uh, bit of pa- bit of power, really work, really works hard, makes intelligent runs. I mean, he had, you know, before he scored, you know, his, his, his finishing hasn't been great. And it looked like it would be one of those days again, you know, as he missed chance after chance. Then once he got one, you know, I can only imagine his confidence is sky high. And I would be, you know, if, I, if I'm if i external, I'm looking how we set up. It's like, right, how do you neutralise him? And that's, 
you know, that that's good because I think offensively, it's probably been a case previously where, where if you if you stop Mitch Pinnock playing, they're going to struggle a bit with creativity. But now, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's another point. Hoskins is banging form as well. It's, you know, what what a great time to have really sort of got ourselves really on the front foot and flying. So, yeah, a thoroughly enjoyable day. And, um, Epi, and there's no way, you know, 25, there's no way he's, um, he's breaking into the Leicester side. So you would figure he'd be on his way at the end of the season. I, I'd, I'd love to see him signing here. I'd love it as well. I just can't see it. I think he's just, you look at him and he's he's just got some nonchalant skill. And sometimes for me, that's just too good for League Two, maybe even League One. So I love it, but I just can't see it. But let's just enjoy him while we've got him, I guess. James, we've seen various, we talked about it in the last podcast, various formations, various sort of systems and stuff. But it just feels like this, you can call it a front three, a front four. So Epier, Hoskins, Apere, and then there's Pinnock just sort of, uh, moving around as well. It just seems like a good fit, doesn't it? And it's good to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I thought, I thought the chances of going up automatically had passed because we just simply weren't scoring enough goals. And since we've changed to the formation that it is at the moment, whether it's due to Lewis um, kind of being out or whether that was something that they were looking at, it's worked fantastically. And they really complement each other well. Yeah. Um, Apaya in, in particular, you know, you could you could tell there was a spark there, and he, since he kind of made that cameo at Mansfield where he did more than anyone else in like two minutes, in the two minutes he was on, he's been getting better and better each game, and the fact that he can now kind of play 70, 80 minutes is a really good sign for us because I think he is kind of player that we've had for a little while like you say someone who's very technically good will will run at people but you yeah. know doesn't just run at people has skills to you know to beat them and, and to get round them uh, yeah. and then you've got Pire who works just so hard and he's kind of I think he's the kind of key to, to it all in that he's he's making such a nuisance of himself and creating space for, for others and holding the ball up well getting you know, the ball off to, to those guys and Pinnock's kind of hit a real purple patch as well. And, and, and Hoskins has as well, you know, the ball in from Hoskins for, for the Apaya for the fourth goal is, a, is an absolutely superb ball, superb crossing, you know, inch perfect and a really tidy finish. And the four of them do look really good together and long may it continue. Hopefully I know it's only two games, but I, I think, you know, that, that they look a, they look like they could even cause problems in, in League One. Obviously, you, you want to add to what you've got. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd be reasonably happy with, with, with that kind of four in, in, in League One to start with. Um, I think a PRA in particular has, has got real potential. And I think with a good pre-season behind him with us, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really positive that, that he could have a really good career for us. Yeah, and it, it's crucial. We've talked about it quite a lot, and even the club CEO James Whiting talked about the need for continuity. So whatever happens, we want to see this side mainly stick together as much as possible. And there's a potential it could, and the potential, you know, as it's done in previous seasons, that it's torn apart. So fingers crossed. Um, you know, we 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 come out of this two-game period, you know, as best as possible with a bit of prom- with promotion, and then try and keep the uh, mainstay of the side together um Keith you've got to give the cover you know credit for 
they are have built, you know, especially Brady has built something you can buy into with this. So Brady himself is, you know, he's obviously got a lot of at least care for the the, the town and the club, and that's easy to buy into. And then the team itself, you know, it's quite likable, isn't it? I think Keith, you know, there's not there's no you know assholes of of, of uh, previous eras we've had. They just all seem like you know something you can buy into. Yeah, they do. I mean, for the first part of the season, I was thinking, right, you know, does this team have any any character? And maybe it didn't have a great deal, um, but but it does seem to be coming together. I do think Epi are getting getting t- game time and getting fitter and getting better with yeah. every game. Is is has a massive impact impact. Epi, I mean, it just seems to be. You know, we've got those three or four players who are really high energy every match. Um, mm-hmm. They look to get forward quickly. It's it's direct-ish, but there's some quality there as well as there certainly was on Saturday. And and how can you not like it? You know, um, just that that spirit that that game was played in um, yeah. until until the last few minutes, I guess you could say, when we looked to shore it up with good old uh, good old Danny. But um, you know, it was um, it, you know, it's just it's just really enjoyable, and maybe they've become good at the at the right time, and maybe you know between Epia and 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 Apare, they can maybe become a, a Callum Morton type uh, performer in the mm. last few games of the season, maybe to get to get us through and get us promoted. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. When you talk about character, sometimes players they're not necessarily sort of your, your bite your ankles sort of characters, but sometimes mm-hmm. they can just be quietly professional or they may have an uh, impact in the dressing room. And I suspect people like Horsfall and Guthrie are have got that sort of character but but Williams is always uh it just makes me chuckle doesn't he he's he is a sort of player that you can really get behind as a Northamptonian um he went to shake this guy's hand didn't he and then when he came to shake his hand he just pulled it away it was completely schoolboy but just quite funny but that's probably pretty much most of it the game covered against Orient um just another little bit of news uh John Guffrey was named in the League Two team of the season and there was a little bit of I want to say consternation, a little bit of eyebrows raised. Um, Martin, that Liam Roberts wasn't in the team. It just seems like he deserved it. Yeah, it does. I think, you know, I've, I've made made no secret. I think he's the best keeper I've seen here since Keith Welsh. And he's um, he, he's been out, outstanding for us. I'm not quite sure how the, um, the team is picked. Is it journalists or players that pick it? Um I think you should put in like a tombola, Martin, in Village Hall. You you never know. You never know. But, you know, know, whoever has got there ahead of Roberts must be bloody good. Um, I didn't see see it was. But, yeah, it was a a surprise. I mean, Guthrie and Horsfall have both been excellent. Yeah. Um, But it is a real surprise that Roberts wasn't there because there have been plenty of games. You know, he's probably been worth a significant number of points to us ahead of other keepers that we've had over the years. Yeah, they probably try and spread it around maybe a little bit so there's not too much Perhaps, uh, yeah. from one club. Or, Great. you know, I think the guy that won it is an international. Maybe that sort of has a has an impact. But I would just love to see Pinnock in it because I just think the guy is absolute quality, as we've seen with the goal and various other net busters and stuff he's on this season. I just like it from a purist perspective. Just whack him in. I there's probably someone who's covered more yards than him, but whack Pinnock in there but yeah it's just nice to have anyone in that thing and I just think that um yeah we should just yeah just be pleased that Guthrie made it I guess let's move on to the Exeter game then um it's coming on us uh quickly soon be Saturday Keith it's sold out from both ends and 
it sort of leans towards you know that, that old age sort of question of whether you know Sixfield does need to be expanding its capacity. Yeah, I put something about that on uh, on Twitter, and obviously, mm. like a lot of stuff I put on Twitter, got shot at by some <laughs> of my usual friends. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess look, we don't sell out anywhere near every every game. Of course, we don't, mm. and, and you have got to be. Uh, pragmatic when you're looking at investing in infrastructure etc but it would be great wouldn't it to be able to get more in for games like that I just hope those who attend you know have a great day and and really get behind the team and come back obviously as well you, you know exactly it, there's some some Cobblers fans are a little bit parochial in like who are these Johnny come lately blah 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 yeah. but we need to be getting up we've talked about hundreds of times we need to be getting up to seven eight thousand to try and get the club a bit more sustainable so yeah let's let's pack out as often as we can I, I guess if you go with the oh you know we we will make do with what we got six fields would never have been built we could be we could be playing at you know you know the county ground still you've got you've got to do you've got to have some ambition and some uh you know what's the word um, dynamism to produce facilities that are going to uh, grow the fan base so you know obviously I'm involved with that at the moment but yeah it just um just seems that we could have sold comfortably a lot more away away tickets and home tickets so I just hope that everyone that wanted a ticket um got one um james let's move on to the permutations of promotion which is a bit of a mouthful we we talked about it in the previous games i'll quickly go through the uh what's the word the run-in for the clubs involved so cobblers obviously they're in third play exeter and barrow which is a you know it's hard to sort of judge how difficult that is but it's not going to be easy port vale in fourth they play newport and exeter it's going to be tough for them. I think one of the toughest ones, potentially. Uh, Mansfield plays Salford and Forest Green. So that's, you know, pretty difficult. Bristol Rovers, got the easiest one, I think. They're in six. They play Watchdale and Scunthorpe. Sutton, who, yeah, they're quite dark horses and no one really wants to play them. They're playing Bradford and Harrogate, a northern edge there. And Swindon, who are not out of it, I don't think. They play Barrow and Walsall. So, yeah, this looks a little bit easier um it's a james it's a real sort of nail biter isn't it because our destiny is literally in our own hands and if i read it right we could potentially go up automatic go into the playoffs or drop out of the promotion altogether yeah i think that's how i read it everything is still open to us but we are the one team out of all those that do have you know it is in our own hands yeah and you can you can look at it I think it's very easy for the players and, and the managers win the next two games and you're up. And I'm sure that's the approach that they'll be taking with regards to kind of looking at it from a fan's perspective. Exeter is, is a tough one because yes, they, they've got promoted. So, uh, you know, that's kind of that relief is there. I, I I'm actually inclined to think that that's going to be, better for them you know they haven't got that pressure you know yeah with with having two games left and they were being against third and fourth they could have missed out on automatic promotion if they hadn't you know got got the result they did last night so they can actually kind of relax a bit now but they're also still gunning for the title so they've still got something to play for so i don't necessarily Mm. think that the result last night played into our hands in in any way that said we, we can beat them you know and we do 
we do appear to be a bit of a bogey side for them. I, I would suggest, you know, I can certainly think of yeah. a few times that we've, um, we've, we've put in good performances against Exeter. Um, and we've just got to hope that, uh, you know, Saturday is another one. I do have to say I'm, I'm happy for them. You know, they've, their fans have had a lot of heartache in, in those playoffs, haven't they? Over the yeah. last few years. And, you know, there are, you know, we, you know, met met the you know the guys who the supporters trust there, and um, yeah, they, you know they've been really kind of um, helpful, you know, and interesting to look at how they're run and and that, mm-hmm. and you know it, it is it is a good thing that you know a fan-owned club can can compete at that. They've obviously now got yeah. to this is the next part of their journey, I guess, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know that transition from from League Two to League One. Um, which we've often struggled with um, under private ownership. It's going to be interesting to see how they do um, fan-owned. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how we do it potentially as, as well, because we've obviously bought in a lot of these, uh, you know, new infrastructure things like the transfer committee we've invested you know i feel like if we do go up this is the first time that the managers would kind of stay in place and a lot of the players would probably still be in place as well so mm. you know we, we talked you know for, forever didn't we you know about the fact that we don't appear to ever be prepared to, to go up if you know what i mean mm. if we do go up i feel like we're probably in the best shape that we've been in for a while but yeah you know first things first let's win those two games yeah yeah well said, a good summary. And um, Exeter, like you said, I've spoken to um, Nick Hawker from the Exeter Supporters Trust as part of this show. And yeah, they're just a, just a good, well-run sort of family club, quite likeable. And um, obviously we want to beat him on Saturday. Um, let's let's um, go to you, Martin. Uh, it's going to be difficult for, or interesting for John Brady to approach this because on one hand, we've just gone and smashed um, late in Orient. So, therefore, you could just say, unchanged, going into Exeter, we'll beat them. They, you know, they'll be on the beach or whatever. They've had a couple of beers after their promotion. On, on the other hand, Exeter are a damn good side. So then, do you start looking more cautiously and saying we want to contain them? Ryan, is it? You know, what would you do as a manager? <laughs> well, I think I think you've got to ride the momentum. Um, you, we need. We've got to work on the assumption we need we need two wins. We've played really, really we've defended well for three games out of four. You know, and if we're going to defend a bit poorly, let's do it on the day we score four goals. Because you know the, the goals we conceded weren't particularly, weren't particularly good ones. It just didn't matter because of how good the attacking performance was. But I think you've got to back you've got to back yourselves. Um, you know, with it, hope, assuming that you know player in the majority of players are fit and. You go for it. You go for it that way because I think if you if you try and be a bit more cautious, you you run the risk of a bit of negativity. Then another side, you know, someone else scores. You know that I just think you do what's been successful for us for the last, the last four games, mm. and you you know you go for it and you you back your defence to um and keeper to keep the the chance the odd chance you're going to give away out at the other end and you know because if you if you end up losing at home it's probably not that much different to drawing I think Mm. you know we we need you know we need to be aiming to get to that 82 that no one can catch us on yeah and I guess also if you go cautious against um, Exeter and we lose 
Therefore, then you're looking over your shoulder at, you know, you're looking at the Barrow game with a bit of, you know, a bit of a negativity around it, you cautious, and then you don't know where you are. So I guess you just got to go with the philosophy that's done you well to push you up into the promotion places and, and see what happens. But Definitely hanging amazing. over the whole thing is if we lose, God forbid, both games and drop out, and then it's just, uh, it's, it's an interesting psychological thing. And I think Brady probably is the guy to deal with it because he doesn't seem to be phased that much. Um, Hey, for you, optimistic about Saturday or are you, you nervous? I think we've got a reasonable record against Exeter, haven't we, And over the last few years? I mean, firstly, congratulations to them as well. Um, as you've said, I think it's a it's a great club. And it look, I'm not going to bang on about um, fan ownership because people will say that's, that's the only thing on my agenda. But <laughs> I think it has to remain an option um, as an alternative to relying on one or two people. Um, mm. But... Uh, it's, it's good to see and they've done it the long way there's a great if anybody subscribes to the athletic there's a great article about them in that today um with a quite an extensive interview with with nick hawker but anyway look, i think didn't they prepare for the playoff final by having fish and chips um, <laughs> i'm, not I'm sure, sure they did that was part of their preparation so you know hopefully this time now they've actually been promoted they've had a full-on pub crawl and some dirty kebabs and other junk food and they'll be in no fit state um to defend against yeah. our new positive um open style of football on saturday but i still think we've got to win both games i do yeah um i guess you know you, you could say well maybe we, we there's one scenario maybe we could win on saturday could things work so that actually we're promoted after saturday if the right teams lose yeah. i'm not good enough at maths to know that but it would I, require I the three teams below us to lose wouldn't it yeah yeah, and I was hoping for I think for three away wins last night, and that that didn't work, did it? They all went the wrong way for us, I think. Those results, so you know, it's in our hands. I think we're we're really we've done really really well to get to this stage and have it in our own hands. I thought we'd blown it when they had that run of dad dodgy games against poor teams a couple of months back, and we've we've turned it around. And um, I think we've just got to carry on. I think we've got to go all out. Yeah. I don't know if it's wrong with me, but I'm sort of like, if we get in the playoffs, I wouldn't be too disappointed because I really want, we went to Orient, it was brilliant. I want a trip to um, Wembley to, we, no one went against Exeter, you know, previously to, you know, sort of um, defeat the ghosts of that, uh, what was he called? Uh, Aidy Boothroyd's final <laughs> where it all went terribly wrong. So That's great as long like, as we James, win that trip to Wembley. It's great yeah, as long as we win. Yeah, I know, I know. But if we, if, we, if we got in the playoffs, I wouldn't, James, would you, do you know where I'm coming from? I wouldn't be, I'd be it's, quite excited. It's, 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 at the end of the day, you know, I think, I think we'd all say we've probably overachieved to what we all thought we'd do at the start. So, you know, playoffs, I think, obviously, you know, if you're in the position where you've got promotion in your own hands with two games left, you're going to be disappointed if you don't do it. But I think if that does happen, you'll also be like, listen, we've still got a good chance here, you know. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But, you know, it's a nice it's a nice fallback option to have potentially, isn't it? Um, yeah. And like Keith says, that, that playoff final, if you win the playoffs, there is no better way to get promoted. Yeah. But I it took me a good few years to get over to that that playoff final against Bradford. It's, the, it's kind of like one of those where you bring all your mates who don't usually go to the cobblers or don't usually play football and they'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good day out, you know, and the, yeah. then you go and see 3-0 down after 23 minutes and like, you come and watch this every week. And, um, and you know, it, it, that was just a horrible day. But, you know, I think we're, we're due some, you know, we had a little bit of payback with the 4-0 win uh, 
at Wembley, but unfortunately we couldn't see it. So if you can get promoted by the playoffs, it's hands down the best way to do it. But I'd rather we just went up automatically. Yeah, fair enough. I guess there's, there's a couple of points. One is that I think that Eddie Bufoid performance put a lot of the floating fans off for God knows maybe about 20 years, probably still having like counselling about it. So yeah, that, that's the first thing. The second thing is that I'm not, you know, I've made it quite clear that I'm not, you know, I'm not really that bothered about promotion in, in the, obviously I would love, you know, to see the, the club in League One and there's a hell of a lot of bonuses from it. But I just think that a year, a year in League Two, another year in League Two wouldn't be the end of the world in terms of just, just consolidating things and then pushing again. But, you know, we're, we're there now, so we really do have to go for, for it. For me, the, the, the difference is we'll be going to Derby, we'll be going to yes. you know, all those rather yeah. than yeah. chance yeah. to take off some grounds you wouldn't normally do. There's some big clubs in that level. You know, we, we yeah. wouldn't win as many games if we went up, but you, yeah. you, shouldn't, you shouldn't ever kind of... We don't get many promotions. So if we could get, you know, three in what would it be five, six years, that's mm. not to be sniffed at. Yeah, I get that. I get I get what you're saying. Um let's wrap up with some score predictions for Saturday's game against Exeter. We'll go we'll go back to front on this one. We'll go Keith, you go first, mate. Two nil, cobblers. Okay, he's very um confident about that one. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to put a bet on that score line, Pete? Um, I never bet on score lines, dark? actually. I'm bad enough on betting betting on outcomes, let alone score lines. No. <laughs> is no your chance. lad is your lad going back? To, is your lad going to this game after his late Orient day out? Yeah, he, he comes to pretty much all the home games with me. So, so yes, yeah, he'll be there. Yeah. He's infected with the cobbler's pandemic, unfortunately. Indeed. He's never, never, never cure him. Incurable. <laughs> uh, Martin, what about you? I think Keith beat me to it. I think defence will be back on form. Uh, we are we aren't going to concede, and I think we'll we'll win till two, maybe even three. I think they're on the beach. Um, I think we'll be on fire. Right, mate. And I'm going to hold this to you. I'm going to replay this to you. If we get smashed five, <laughs> <laughs> Martin Maloney said we're on fire. So yeah, okay, put me, well, yeah, put me down for three nil. Ah, oh, fair play, fair play. Uh, and so James, yeah, what about you? My my instinct was telling me two 0 as well. Um, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, it's weird being you know. Uh, I kind of like thinking we're gonna win. I just remember last year when we we didn't we we had like two podcasts after where we'd won, didn't we? I was just like yeah. Was like, oh yeah, it's nice to be in the position of thinking you're gonna win again. I mean, it's it's nothing against Exeter, you know. I, I just think I've just got a good feeling. Don't know why. Just do. Fair enough. I was, I was speaking to the Exeter guy, and obviously he's from a completely different perspective, and he, he's essentially suggesting they've got so many good players that we're going to be up against it. And I was like, stop, please. I was almost like, stop, I don't want to hear this. So I've you know, maybe got a bit more understanding of what they're offering. But um, yeah, I said it can probably go over two ways. One, quite cagey, quite lethargic after both teams putting in a hell of an effort or maybe just like a you know like a goal fest so I'm going to go for 3-2 cobblers of oh god I don't know if that'll happen but um yeah we, we always live in hope don't we as Northampton fans but we'll all be at the game and as we started off the show it's all in Northampton's hands so let's just hope yeah we we do the business uh, if we don't if we drop into the playoffs we're probably gonna have a playoffs podcast that will be uh, here a few more times <laughs> just to start paying you a lot for your time but um thanks a lot and um we'll speak again soon no doubt yeah cheers, thanks guys. tom cheers everyone cheers cheers, tom. cheers everybody Bye.
Let's move on to Saturday's Crunch Promotion Clash at home to Exeter City. I'm pleased to be joined by Exeter City Supporters Trust Chair Nick Hawker, who after securing promotion with a win over Barrow on Tuesday night, must be one happy Grecian, Nick. Um, <laughs> nursing a headache, but, but, but in, in, incredibly happy, incredibly happy. Yeah, it, it's fair to say it's been a long time coming, really. Um, does it make it more sweet considering you've missed out on a couple of occasions? I won't mention that hammering against us at Wembley. (laughs) No, please. please. I remember that game very well, sat in an empty Wembley stadium and Mm. and it was one of the most depressing games I've I've ever attended. Yeah, I I should imagine. I I don't think you'd find anybody from the Exeter contingent who Mm. feels otherwise. Um, In in terms of it being a long wait, we we always seem to be there or thereabouts. So we, we tend to have good seasons. Uh, and en- enjoyable seasons in in the past we've we've kind of stumbled at at the uh at the final hurdle so I, yeah we, we, we're a club that continually build and we always talk yeah. about success we don't always um associate uh what goes on on the pitch in terms of what whether we've been successful or not so there, there are lots of different ways we can measure that and we, We've done an awful lot over the last uh, few years in particular to um, move the club forward. And we've often talked about having a League One club, regardless of what league we're actually playing in. And so from my personal perspective, I think we've always been growing or we've we've had some good seasons. Um, That's not necessarily been reflected in where we finished in the league. Uh, But for the the supporters... uh, you, you know, you, you see their reaction um, at, at, at the final whistle yesterday, and they, you, you know, Tom, they've been incredibly patient. You know, because of our ownership model, they, they buy they buy into the model, they buy into what it means, both in in, in terms of accessibility to the club, but also, yeah. but also in terms of the fact that we have to be patient. Um, and I, it, it it sounds a bit twee, but we have to save up. In order to do big things, we have to save up, yeah, and yeah. and and that and that's what we do. Yeah, so, so I, I'm absolutely thrilled for them uh, that, last night, and um, yeah, hope 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 there's more nights like that to come. <laughs> it's a case of small gains, isn't it? And I don't think you can always judge the success of a club just literally on on, on results or the. The, the the direction of travel just the you know the benefit to the community and I, I speak to AFC Wimbledon fans and I think they're a bit down in the dumps about their performances they've seen all their results but what they're building there with that brilliant stadium and all the infrastructure and all the community work is just brilliant and it really will stand them in good stead it stand extra in good stead for the the years to come um how much of the success do you think is down to the makeup of the club it's fan ownership ethos and the community spirit there um, I do, I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest advocate of, of fan ownership, but um, I, I think I would have to acknowledge that it, it works for us. Um, mm. We've been fan owned for, for for 20 years. We've got supporters coming to the uh, to the park now that have never known anything different. Yeah. Um, but there are also, you know, there are other models out there, and pri- pri- private ownership can work just as well. I think what's mm. important is the the ethos and and the strategies that you employ uh, within the football club. And you know, you've just said small gains. Um, that that that's exactly what we do. We set some really sensible fiscal 
uh, strategies to, to make sure we don't overspend. Uh, we 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 make sure that when we recruit, and this is this is true of players as as well as um, you, you, you know staff at the club that they understand the the type of club that we are and the type of player that they need to be. Um, with, and you know, whether that's going out into the community, whether that's the behaviour on the pitch, mm. um, you, you know, it, it it all gets rolled up into into the the club ethos. So I really greatest advocate of, of fan ownership, but what we do uh, and how we do it isn't because of fan ownership specifically. Mm. Um, I, I I do wish that some some owners would would. Pay more attention to the way we do things, though, because I think football would be in a much um, better state than were they to. Yeah, on a, on a happiness scale, you look at a lot of Premier League clubs, and they're, they're huge clubs. Clubs like Manchester United, Everton, fans of clubs like that, and they just never seem to be that happy. And I think that sometimes the way the club is run or the um, the setup can just have an overall impacts on your on that sort of quality of life around a club and I think that's what a lot of clubs are, are struggling with they're just they're just there's, there's something missing and I think what Exeter have got is that inclusivity where every supporter feels like they count and that they can have a say and I, that sort of links in funny enough to Brian Lomax I did a, a podcast with uh, David Conn about Brian and we're going to release that pretty soon um and you know Brian Lomax obviously had, had a huge impact at Exeter. You could probably fill us in yeah. a little more on that, but yeah, just that that inclusivity, fans as partners, and I know it's an old cliche, you know, you know, supporters not customers and stuff like that, but yeah, it just feels like Exeter are getting that balance right, and your fans just seem to be, you know, fairly happy bunch. Um, yeah, perhaps sort of fill us in. I remember you guys coming on our pitch back in the day at Sixfields back in the nineties, you know, save Exeter City and stuff, and um. Was it? It was sort of Brian's sort of model when he helped you out, you guys out a bit. That essentially started the Exeter Trust, wasn't it? Yeah, it, very much so. And and we we were, you know, his name is spoken in in hallowed terms uh, at Exeter, and and we were hugely grateful to to Brian and and Northampton Town at the time. And we've stayed in close contact with uh, the Northampton Town Trust. I, you know, I always uh, regard you as friends. And, yeah. and so you're a big part of our, our history. I think at, we, we, we often refer to the Exeter City family and the Exeter mm. City way. And I think you, you've kind of nailed it in terms of, and, and this is why I don't think that that model of ownership particularly matters, but you, what you do have to do is make um, the supporters feel involved and, and because it is their club, you know, the club sits in the community. There's no point in it being there. It's not a library. It's not a, a you know, a bank. It's it's not a post office. The whole point of it being there is is, is to be a part of that community. And so you mm. just have you just have to open your doors and and be 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 seen to 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 be looking after folk, and whether they're interested in football or not, actually. Um, but certainly for our supporters. You, you know, we I went to the ground today, and and there's you know, volunteers clearing up after last night. There's people um, clearing the the rubbish and collecting tin cans to to raise money. So all, all of those things kind of 
kind of fit into the ethos and even where um i'll choose my words very carefully now but even where you might think we don't need a volunteer yeah don't don't stop them that it that this is how they access the club this is how yeah. they feel they make a con contribution and yeah. it's really important and and what it does do as well is you know the players see it and and the other staff see it and it mm. makes them feel that they're somewhere special yeah yeah i think you're right i guess we could also flip it on its head to an extent because Often when Exeter's mentioned, and I hear it quite a lot, is that, oh, it's, it's luck there. It's luck. Exeter have sold players and that's enabled them to stay solvent and, you know, enhance your model and stuff like that. But um, what, do you, what do you make of that? Because surely you make your own luck in, in life and football. It, I, it's, a bit, it's, it, it's a bit nonsense to, to refer to selling our players as luck. Be, because we we have we've invested heavily in in our academy in the early days of the trust we knew that we would never have uh, the benefit of a rich benefactor or somebody who would just write us checks so we have you have to find some way of making the money uh, and so we invested in the academy even when we were in the conference and and we lost a lot of the Premier League money we still continued to invest in in the academy we knew. I say we, I have to give absolute credit to Julian Tag uh, for this. Um, he knew that if we'd done it right, if we if we got got the right coaches, uh, the, the right team to develop these these youngsters, we would eventually come good. And it, it took a few years, but it's 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 almost been a, a, a some production line since. And and don't don't forget as 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 well. So we we have. De develop some great players uh, and and have sold them for lots of money, and you, you know there's all, all sorts. There's, there's the gift of salons and and that which uh, means money keep keeps coming to you as they you know play. You know, God God bless Ollie Watkins for and being being picked for England. That that helps us out a bit. Uh, but 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 I think it's it's not luck. So mm. that is that isn't that isn't luck. That's what we work for. That's what we know we've got to do. Yeah. And the other and the other really important point, Tom, when we play you on, I don't know what the team's going to be like on on Saturday, um, but it's worth having a look at the the, the the first eleven on the pitch and count the number of academy players. Yeah. You know that are on the pitch. So when when they they come through, we've not paid a transfer fee for those players. Yeah. You know, then they're, they're not journeymen who who have, you know taking a pay rise every time they've changed club mm. you know the, the so they that's not luck yeah that's that's our business model that's that's part of the way we 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 trade and and sometimes you'll go through a couple of fallow years where you know some players just haven't come through or we, we haven't been able to make transfers that's happened it does you know we don't have million pound signings every year yeah um but we but we do enough to keep going and and mm. you, you we, we have reasonable gates for the size of our game uh, our ground rather and the size of the club um and, and we we make it work and like like i said earlier when when we want a luxury we save up for it and, mm. and uh, do it when we're able to do it and when when it doesn't compromise our, our sustainability and you're also investing in various other areas so in, in contrast to Northampton, not for want of trying, I must say, but you've you've you finished a stand. Our, our stand is still unfinished, and you'll see it on Saturdays and a shell, despite all these years. So you've 
you've done the stand, you've, um, you know, you invested in the training ground. And I think I remember speaking to you before and you said that, is it still done on the, like a third, the third base, a third, the third, the third basis. So if any income comes in on it, any sort of windfalls or any sort of, you know, any money that you, you keep, a, what you probably explain it better than I can. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I think that, Roughly. that was, that was um, how, how a lot of people think about it at the club. I, I think it's more project based. To be yep. honest, we, we we look at the projects that are available, and and maybe it's it's eighty percent this season because we're we're um, redeveloping the training ground. So a, a third, a third, and a third is is something that's good to you know third third for the manager, a third for infrastructure, and a third for just in case. Um, that that's yep. that's a good philosophy. I I don't like saying it that way because I I think it it can constrain you. So we mm. I, I prefer to say let's let's look at the projects we've got for the next three years. Yeah, and let's allocate fund funds to it as as and when that's needed. Mm. And the, the the stand, I think it was the stagecoach stand, was delivered. It was a little uh, enabling deal with the um, you know, was it university? You, had, you built some, um, they built some uh, halls of residences behind the. That's right. It was with it was with Exeter City Council who who um, yeah. want, wanted to build some accommodation there for the university. Um, and they they kindly built us a stand at the same time. The the the, the actual building sits on on what used to be our car park. So uh, we 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 traded some car parking spaces for a new stand, which is sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, and the stat the stadium is uh, you know it's a nice uh, compact stadium with a lot of atmosphere. I I look on in with envy as we're trying to get our own stand project off the go. It's a very, uh, you know, long standing thing, but the big bank there right, is just, uh, for me, one of the best terraces in the lower leagues. Yeah. I, I, well, it's the biggest. I think it's yeah. still, the, I've still, I think it's still the biggest in, in England. Uh, yeah. It has a capacity of around 4,000, I believe, uh, perhaps a little bit less, less now since COVID. Um, and I, I, we, 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 we had, um, we posted some social media this year on April fool's day. Um, with the club claiming that we were going to make it uh, a seated area, <laughs> and it, uh, and it, and it got a really good response, <laughs> a really good response because people are rightfully proud of it. And you, if you've ever seen it empty, you'll see there's a huge heart painted yeah. in, in the centre of it, yeah. and it's it's what we that's where the sort of singing section is, and mm. um, it's, it's the heart of the club. Because I, I watched a video online, the, the club released a video of just the reaction. I think it was a previous um, game. Uh, well, anyway, there was a win going on, and the, the crowd there was just there's so much noise coming from it, and they panned in, and there were you know women, and you know the you know there were kids, and it was just it just really does feel like the heart of the of the ground. And I think sometimes you need that focal point to you know um, really get behind the lads, really. Yeah, that that. That's right, but and and of, of course, for us, that that they're not just the supporters; they're the owners. Mm. So you know, to, to have everybody represented on that bank is really in, important. And, and and we get very precious about. You know, I don't think you're ever going to stop swearing, uh, and at um, football matches. But yeah. by and large, that it's a really well-behaved area. So we, yeah. you know, you can take your family there and and not be horrified. Yeah, yeah. So you can have the atmosphere and you can have a sort of an inclusive thing, and that I guess that's what the club's all about. And that, it sort of leads me into the next point, which is fans as owners. Sometimes maybe you feel a little bit more invested in what what the club is doing and what the results are like. And Matt Taylor, 
did come up with a little bit of stick when things haven't, you know, maybe promotion hasn't been achieved or stuff like that. But it must be really pleasing for you now that, you know, he's stuck with his overall philosophy and it, it's come good. Yeah, look, Matt, Matt's a, a, a relatively young manager, but mm. I, I have the privilege of sitting down with him from time to time and, and talking over things. And you, it, it, it's difficult to see why you would want uh, anybody different. He gets the Exeter City way. He's, you know, we talk about developing players, but you know, when Matt retired as a player, he, he came and, and coached our under 18s, uh, and and actually he's come through our academy. Mm. But as but but you know as, as a a manager rather than 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 as a player, so he, he he's great to have around. He he's he's really um, he can he, he can get grumpy when things aren't going wrong. Well, the same yeah. as supporters do. Yeah. Um. But no, nobody should ever doubt his passion for Exeter City and and his passion to play football, um, in 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 the right way. Mm. You know, keep keep the ball on the ground, move move the ball quickly. Um, it's really good to watch, and and that you know it's all, it's all to the good. It all helps. It all contributes to uh, how we want to be. Yeah, I'm pleased for him. I, I, I've seen you know his achievements there, and I see what sort of character he is. He seems quite a thoughtful guy. He seems fairly analytical and stuff and obviously buys into the ethos and stuff so you know you might go from him being criticized to struggling to keep him but you know we'll see see how you get on it yeah, <laughs> in the next yeah. year or so this that, that's that's the thing but you probably got someone maybe coming through that could take over if that happened that's probably the way it works but um yeah so how do you see saturday's match at six Fields? because obviously our fans want you guys to just accept promotion. That'll do. Um, you know, there's, there, you know, we want your guys to have gone out on you know, a few drinks on Tuesday night. There's rumours, or not rumours, but, you know, I've heard some of them might have, you know, had a drink or two, but that's normal. Um, but then again, when you look at the league table, the title is within tantalising reach for you guys. So how do you reckon that'll sort of work out in terms of Exeter's preparations? Um, well, to, to take there's a number of points there. I mean, first first of all, n- nights like last night don't don't come along very often for, mm. for supporters or for players. So, if they went out and, and had a good time last night, you know, they, they deserved every moment of it. So we're, we're not going to take anything away from them there. Um, but we are, you know, we're, we're second on equal points with Forest Green Rovers, and I, I think at one point they were sort of 12, 15 points ahead of us. So yeah. Um, it's it's always I, I really enjoy coming to Six Fields because because of the relationship between the two clubs it always feels like we're welcome there and mm. um but by, by by everybody and uh but and and an, any idea that we're going to roll over <laughs> you should dismiss <laughs> immediately because we quite like the we quite like the thought of being um, top of the league and and yeah. not and not second and. and you know, the following week we we play Port Vale at home. Oh yeah, that's a tasty one for us as well. You know, that's they're, they're all the last month. Or so every one of them is the the league two has been so tight. Yeah, every, every game has has been really important. Uh, and the great the, the great thing about Saturday for me will be that I won't have to have my calculator out working out who's winning and who's losing and. <laughs> What we what we need to happen elsewhere. We've 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 done it on our own terms. But I I I'm really looking forward to the game. It it will be a good one. I'm I'm sure. Um, the yeah, great the, thing, um, the, the Six Fields is quite interesting. Six Fields is quite interesting because 
the way it was built, Brian, it was deliberately built that way. Uh, Brian Lomax didn't want any executive, or the, the, the trust didn't really want any separate executive areas. So at Sixals, you notice you all troop up to your seats and you just all sit together and you, you're near the fans, essentially. Yep. But that was a deliberate um, design design feature which i think is it was quite uh quite neat actually <laughs> yeah it's it's well as i said it's always nice everybody's always welcoming you know supporters as 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 well as the officials at northampton and re- really really looking forward to it what happens on the pitch happens on the pitch you know mm. it, that doesn't have to um transfer to any any other areas of the club yeah we're um we're playing we port vale are chasing us for the third place spot yeah so we're, yeah. we're we, we've got two games obviously left and it's completely in our hands now. We've got Barrow, who you played. You can probably just let us know what Barrow are like, but obviously not too bad. Um, but then, yes, yeah, so we've got Port Vale just below us and you can hopefully do us a favour. Um, what what were Barrow like, actually? Just um, They were very effective. You know, they took the lead against us. I think they, they kind of, they just made it really, really difficult. They knew it was a big night for us. Um, I think we were prob- probably a bit nervy. Um, not not wanting to give anything away too quickly, and and then we did, and we're chasing the game. Um, they they worked incredibly hard, and 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 kind of knew the danger areas, and and did their best best to snuff it out. But you just need a little bit of quality every now and again, and and towards the end of the game, you know, Matt J pops up with a with a well controlled um, cross. And, and puts it in the corner. So mm. uh, they, they, they're a good side. They don't don't um, don't underestimate and underestimate them based on on where they are in the league. They're a good side. Yeah, I don't think John will underestimate anyone really. We've we're up there for a reason in third place. So yeah. it literally is yeah. in our hands now. And Exeter is going to you know be a, a big game. As I said, you're going to be going for that uh, that title and we're going just to get that third place spot essentially um who what players you've mentioned Matt J what players should we watch out for on Saturday is there any injuries or have you have you got a full complement no we um, we have had injuries um Sam Numbe um came on as a sub yesterday he he was one of our our kind of longer term uh in, in injuries but at, at the moment we can field a pretty full strength side so okay um you know people like Giovanni Brown, uh, Tim Dieng, uh, Jack Sparks talked about Matt. Jack. Look, look, they're all over the pitch actually. Mm. <laughs> you know, so oh god. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, yeah, so so um, you know, if if if, they, if 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 we play our normal game and we're we're on it, then it it'll be a, it'll be a great match. Great match. How are you at coping with set pieces? Because that's real, our real speciality. We're absolutely lethal. Well, we've not we've not conceded that many goals this season. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. It's we, we're doing we're doing all right, and and we you've know, mentioned about players to to look out for. We've got Sam Stubbs then in there at, at, at centre half, and we when, when we we brought him into the club, and he didn't play he didn't play for twelve months because of an injury, and so nobody really knew what to expect from him, and and then he started playing, and, and he's just rock solid, you know. I mean, just. Uh, somebody who doesn't belong in League Two, I think. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're, uh, I'm sure your manager's worked out how we how 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 he can hurt us. Um, yeah. But we we we've had 
we've beaten a lot of teams this year, you know. So um, we're not we're not coming with any any fear. Just just a, a desire to have a a really good game and a really good day out. Yeah, yeah, and you've sold out the away end. We've sold out. The whole the whole game is sold out. Yeah, and yeah. A big way to list our end, and so it should be just a really good occasion. And it just sounds like really intriguing sort of game. We're bang up for it. You want that that title? So you know, I guess let the best team win. Um, let's go with a score prediction. Let's put your neck neck out on this one, Nick. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm <laughs> hard, isn't it? It's really hard. It is. It is hard. I I think. Um... Do you know what? I'm going to go two-one Exeter. Right. Okay. See, I can't. I could see that happening. I, hopefully, it doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to say. It's going to be KG. You know, because you know, you're already promoted. You you probably take a one-nil or whatever. We're, yeah. We're nervous probably because we know that everything's in our in our hands, and sometimes that plays on the nerves. So yeah, could I be maybe a one-nil or something wild like three-two or something like that? I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll go three two Northampton. I've got to be positive. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I've of got course. To be positive, but but yeah, um, safe journey up anyway. And thank you ever so much, Tom. You know, enjoy your promotion celebrations. It's been you know a real team effort, Exeter. Really hard, hard fought, really. And yeah, just enjoy. It. But just yeah, hopefully lose on Saturday and then go and beat Port Vale for a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 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 we'll try and do half of that for you, OK? <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But thanks a lot, and we'll speak again soon, no doubt. Thanks a lot. You better do. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Have you got the uh, Northampton Monopoly, uh, Jeff? Or do you have to dig it out? Um, I can have a look for it. If you want to, do you want to talk amongst yourselves? Yeah, yeah, have a quick look for it. We'll, right. we'll, 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 I'm just that interested to see what's on it. <laughs> while jeff is looking at the end of term uh games day for northampton monopoly the rest of us can talk about a uh, little feature i'm going to call it replica cobblers which is uh we put out on twitter for listeners to tweet us where they're cobblers players who share the same surname and we've had absolutely loads of responses before we go through the listeners responses i was just going to sort of quiz you you guys on who you can think of for the name taylor we've had a few players with the name Taylor. Um, Martin and Ian, can you think of what players can you think of that were called something Taylor? Ian, oh, Ian Taylor. Yeah. Ian Taylor, yeah, that's one. I was just saying, it was great to beat his final ever football match when he chucked his, his boots over his yeah. shoulder, didn't he? Yeah. And everyone said, do you remember that before the game, they were saying, oh, there's going to be 2,000 Villa fans there to wish him on his way. There was about 20, wasn't there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I say, it's all... God, sorry. I was saying, then when he came off the pitch, because he like he subbed him, didn't he, with about fifteen to go, and um, he came off the pitch, and they all just got up and went. They couldn't even be bothered to stay and watch the um, the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is always nice to see the second cities, second club fans come to visit. But I was thinking, you had you had two two Taylors in midfield, almost polar opposites. So Ian Taylor, you know, classy player. I remember him starting at Vale and then ending up at Villa. He scored loads of goals at Vale and then became a, a really good player at Villa and ended up with our, ourselves via Derby. And then there was Jason Taylor, who I can't believe was still playing. We played Barrow earlier in the season because, like every defensive midfielder, he looked about 32. And yeah, this was like did, 10 years ago. Yeah. And that chant, it, it seems to start, it, it seems to have followed a few players, but it always felt the most meaningful when, when they were singing up the opposite end of the West Stand to me. If Taylor scores were on the pitch, 
Yeah, I remember that. And I yeah. think he did once, and they didn't invade the pitch, which was a little disappointing. <laughs> After all that build-up, Martin, they let us down with the uh, lack of pitch invasion. So he was one, and this is a good thing about this little game, is that I didn't even have on my list, so I just added Jason Taylor. So for me, there's... This is why we need Snake more. He's probably in bed by eight because he's uh, in trouble. But uh, Greg Taylor is another one. Greg Taylor, left, left back. Was, he's left back oh, yeah. or right back? Um, yeah, youth team player. Youth. But... Yeah. There's, I think, is there a Greg Taylor playing at Motherwell or somewhere? Or no, is it Celtic now? And I keep, I've, I've asked at least twice, I've to Google it. Is that the guy the Cobblers let go? And it's totally not. <laughs> yeah, we can't take in another club's Taylors. There's too many. I think there's two left. I and... went to school with Greg Taylor. <laughs> Never played for the Cobblers. But I, I will say this. Guess what his sister was on? His sister was on Night. Grey Jill? <laughs> no, Nightmare. Remember Nightmare? Nightmare? Yeah. That rings a bell. What was that like? Was, a content, was, the, was on Nightmare. I don't think she was the one walking around the dungeon. I think she was one of the ones guiding them and trying to work out the clues. Like two side so, steps to the right. And so, uh, yeah, never never played for the Cobblers, though. A, do- a dire warning, adventurers. <laughs> that was uh, a brilliant show, Nightmare, wasn't it? It was. Um, gonna, yeah. should bring that this back. D- this D&D spin-off we're going to have for the summer. I can't <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> but Nightmare was it was sort of like the uh, pioneering sort of computer graphics wasn't it Ian because it was a lot yeah. of sort of like what would you call it like special effects and stuff and there was always some sort of jester that they bumped into wasn't there it was sort oh, of yeah. terrifying yeah, they'd have a few, a few actors along the way interacting with the, the, like the quite the time state the out CGI wasn't it yeah they should just like fall down a hole or something didn't they that was quite thought. well though yes I saw a clip so believe it, it's weird because someone was streaming an episode online a few months back. I watched it and it was the, it just happened to be the one and I watched was the one that that my mate from middle school sister was in. <laughs> and then I, I found out she's actually now married to somebody I know as well. So it's just a small world, Northampton, isn't it? Well, what I, what I claim to fame being on nightmare. But I, I, so there's two um two tailors left from what I can make out. I'll give you a, a clue if you can't can't think of it. One is was good at free kicks. That's a massive. Oh, Matty Taylor. Yes, Matty Taylor. Is the other one John Taylor? Yes. Oh, Shaggy. Shaggy. <laughs> had 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 a piss for exercise. Yeah. Mansfield. Were you were you reporting at the time? Yeah. yeah. Did that happen in the corner of the ground at Mansfield? Is that is that not, just a myth or did it happen? Not that I'm aware of. You're probably too busy watching the actual penalty shootout, like just about right. to happen. But not oh, I, from, the, from the away end, no, it's a no doubter. Yeah, he, he he ran into the um. Oh, it's still ramshackle right there this season. That that bit down the side, uh, where it's just kind of beat up old terracing, and ran in there. Sort of, and quite a lot of piss that seemed last quite a while. <laughs> but yeah, he. I mean, Sounds like me at Lake it, it sound yeah, I mean it's probably you know, it's probably a shorter trip than running back to the changing rooms to do it. Imagine that though, like you're you did have a big career in Northampton, but your whole time is just remembered for taking a piss at Mansfield. Like <laughs> wasn't um John Taylor like a bean pole, very tall guy? Yeah. Yeah, which we had a lot of we had a lot of pace, didn't we? We had you know we had a lot of strikers. We had like Asamoa, uh, Sabin at the time. Yeah, it could run all day, but we needed someone with a bit of experience and a bit of physical yeah. presence. He didn't have to be the fastest, so he actually did a good, quite a good job. He scored, I think. He scored in the running, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he scored. He was um, 
brilliantly. He was um, Cambridge United's manager, wasn't he? Not even player manager, just manager. And he got yeah. sacked. We signed yes. him as a player. Yeah. yeah. He's signing, actually. I don't yeah. think we should be signing players on with a weak bladder, though. I don't think it sets a good example. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that was his that. age. <laughs> he was He's probably three times in the night. <laughs> uh, we'll go through some of the other ones. Jeffy, have you found your Northampton Monopoly yet? Or you still I have it? found it. It's, I've got the board opened out on my lap. Brilliant. Talk us through like some of the squares. I'm interested. What's, also, the old Kent Road. Yeah, it's going to be Bellinge or something. Isn't the it? old Kent. The old Kent Road is the National Lift Tower. Huh? We started low. Well, <laughs> and then um, what's what's the next brown one? Is that Whitechapel Road? I think That's so. Yeah, Abington Park, which sounds which is very harsh. <laughs> no, <laughs> where's the Eastern District? Where's the Exton <laughs> one in there, uh, Martin? Oh, no, Exton one it's, should be a Whitechapel. It's not really like that. Um, <laughs> it does have it does have a cobbler's picture on it though, in the in like around the in the middle area of the board. And um, <laughs> what's it said? Go to jail. Uh, it just says go to jail. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go to go to, to Wellingborough Jail, probably or Ward <laughs> yeah, That new defense. one they're building by the yeah. by the road. Uh, so hang about if, if if the old Kent Road is the express lifts tower, and the next one up is Abington Park. What the hell are Mayfair and Park Lane? Well, Park Lane is the Guildhall. Uh, okay, fair enough. And um, Mayfair is Althorpe House. Oh, it's not even in Northampton, is it? Yeah. It's not, is it? A bit of a stretch, that. Yeah. Where is um, Bridge Street and uh, places like that? Uh, well, Bridge Street is the um, the first green one. Ah, it's on there. That Bond Street? I don't know. Um, yeah, that's on there. So th- there's, a, there's, a co- there's a Cobbler's Goal Celebration picture on here. And the two oh. players that are celebrating are number nine and number seven. And it's the all sky blue kit. I think this is at Accrington. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's Adebayoak and Fenwa, and it's Billy Mackay. No. No and no, I'm afraid. Ah. Andy Holt? No. <laughs> these, they're not... Hmm. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. It's quite on, tedious and, yeah. <laughs> Steve Guinan. Oh. And, and um, is it... Oh, ben Marshall is the other player. Oh, I yeah, yeah. Been. Good little winger. So, I thought the um, jail could have been the uh, place where they used to hang people in Northampton. That could have been quite yeah, a, quite yeah, a children's one. Yeah, jail, yeah. Yeah. Um, My mate, we walked past there one time, and he's like, that, that bit back there is where you, they, yeah. you know, the condemned people used to walk up to their thing. And I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> bit of now, uh, living history. Sixfield Stadium is on here, and it's, the, it's that badge, you know, the badge where it's not the proper badge, the one that's um, claret and white. You know, do you know the one I mean? It's 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 like a the Pokemon one. Yeah, like a manga comic badge. Ah, oh, yeah, that was absolutely slated when that came out. I remember that. So the three sports stadiums are the pink ones, but controversially, it go the County Ground, Sixfield Stadium, and then the most expensive one is Franklin's Gardens. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, but you know, Tory game. This is. <laughs> So I think well, we'll, you know, if, if, if it's a big game, then I have to move it to Milton Keynes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, um, what like, what landmarks do you think they've missed out on there? Like, is there Western Favel Centre? I think Western Favel Centre should be down towards the Browns. In the... <laughs> it is not, it's not on here. So that is a big miss. Oh, 
What about Grosvenor uh, Centre? Grosvenor Centre is is on here. It's the um, it's one of the oranges. So they're the good ones to get, aren't they? What about Billy Nacro, Joe? No, it's not on here. <laughs> you can't do Northampton, not do the Aki. Should we do the tour? So it yeah. goes National Lift Tower, Abington Park. Then the light blue ones are Church of the Holy Sepulchre, Della oh. Priabbey and Guildhall Road. Fair enough. You might have read it this out later, Tom, but we'll do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the sports stadiums in the pinks. And then the browns, the oranges rather, are the market, Abington Street and the Grosvenor Centre. Mm. And then the reds are Lodge Farm. What? <laughs> <laughs> They've clearly like run out of ideas at this point. Like, yeah. Put anywhere on the map. Lodge. It's Browning rather than being in Abington Park and Lodge Farm. Bracknell's um, is clearly a better industrial estate than Lodge Farm. Corn Valley, surely. <laughs> um, upper Mounts and Abington Square. <laughs> oh, Upper Mounts. You city slickers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the Cron logo on it, brilliantly. Abington uh, Square. Uh, yeah, the yellow so. ones are um, 78 Derngate. Fair enough. Mm. Wellingborough yeah. Road and Swan Street. Uh, the Greens... The Greens are Bridge Street, Northampton College, and Castilian Street. <laughs> well, a night, a night out in Knights or Legends or whatever it's called at the moment. I think we might have, uh, I think I might have twigged something here because the Castilian Street, the picture on it is um, Toller's Solicitors, so they might have paid to have that there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, bloody touring game. And then the, the Blues, as before mentioned, the Guildhall and Althorpe House. Then the. Um, the train station ones are the train station. Greyfriars <laughs> Bus Depot, RIP. Yeah. Yeah. River Nen and Grand Union Canal. Well, yeah, because if I can't get a bus, I'm straight down the fucking Nen. I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> could I hitch a lift out here to an N3? <laughs> there the is canal, a marina, yeah. actually, at, at the university. I could get a barge if, if, <laughs> if my house happened to be on the canal as well. <laughs> Any, if we go up to League One, are any of the games reachable by canal? We could do that. Could be the next podcast trip next season. Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, if you went up to Crick, you could get on the Grand Union Canal, couldn't you? And that yeah. that'd get you to Birmingham. You can go to Birmingham on the canal. Warsaw, maybe. Get, yeah. If you, well, no. That, well, yeah. If we stay down. Oh, but yeah. then, if yeah. you get to Birmingham on canal, you definitely get to Manchester. I think that's a, that's the thing, isn't it? The uh, it would take us about two two weeks to get there, though. So you're gonna yeah, to imagine that, imagine how drunk we'd all be as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can just foresee an Alan Partridge style uh, cow incident that's gonna you know, whatever. Well, I'll, farmers. I'll bring this monopoly for us to play on the boat while we're travelling up to there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should bring it, Jeff, because we've 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 sort of made out that it's understood that it's it's actually a Tory game and also quite yeah. a corrupt game. I think if you can buy squares, do you know what I mean? Let's take it on the uh, on the uh, boat trip. Yeah. That, to be fair, thanks for uh, sharing your board game, Jeff. It, it, it's almost no like being back at school. There's no kaplunk, unfortunately. No. Nor D and D. There's always someone who came in and stepped on your Sabutio figures, wasn't there, when they weren't looking? Yeah. Terrible. Martin, no then, one played D&D. That was a game you played on your own, OK? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so let's um, let's wrap up. Let's quickly go through some of the player surname things before we go, because there's loads of people um, tweeted us in. Um, Rodney Marshall um, really knocked out of the park with 
Brown. So obviously, can you think of one, Martin? Think of a well, uh, St- Stevie Brown, local lad. Yeah, so Steve Brown isn't you know, yeah. one of them, but apparently there's nine Browns that have played for Northampton. Wow. wow. Alf, Richard, Dennis, Ian. This gets it gets better. Laurie, Bobby, Bill, and Billy. So it's not. Not so much two can play that game from Bobby Brown. Bill, Billy, and Bobby Brown, and uh, yeah. So um, Steve Brown, obviously, yeah, that was a good one from Roddy Marshall. What else have we got? Uh, Kevin Wilson and Lewis Wilson. Quite. Uh, Paul, oh, Paul Paul Wilson too, left back in the late eighties. There'd be yes. a few, quite a few of those. Yes, there's probably a. a you could probably think of some other ones. Um, yeah, Johnson was a good one, actually. Well, we had three Johnsons in the same team. You Did had we? Brett, Brett, Bradley and Gavin. Yes. All played in the same team. Yeah. yeah. So there's been quite so, a few Johnsons. <laughs> I mean, I mean any, either side of that season, you only need a couple. It must be the most popular day for the Cobblers. <laughs> there was one that, Jeff, that... Um, Jake Moore come up with, which is just really obscure for me. Like, but there was apparently a, a Richard Johnson played for us. I think he's Australian. Yeah, yeah centre midfielder, yeah, ex Watford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Name Dick Johnson. Johnson. Is that your baseball commentary, Martin, in the background? I can hear something oh, about Tampa. Yeah, yeah, that would be yes, yes. That's just that's just the the in between innings, the the last story about where I root, where we where I root. When people sending pictures of them themselves watching the Mariners from different parts of like the world. <laughs> um John Johnson, Jeff, like what was going through his parents' mind when they when they called him that? <laughs> Surname. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Maybe they were thinking it was like the Icelandic naming tradition thing. <laughs> what? I used to uh, I used to work with a guy um, from Borough when I worked up in Borough who'd go on holiday with John Johnson. Unsurprisingly, a very hard man and yeah. used to like a drink, neither of yeah. which would surprise me just having seen him play football as opposed to being mates with his mate. Well, you you, you must have sort of come into contact with uh, John Johnson, Jeff. What was he like? Good, a good, a good guy. Yeah. He was all right. Yeah, he was, um, he was, uh, I mean, quite softly spoken in that off the pitch, massively yeah. aggressive on it. And I think he definitely did like a beer. Yes. Yeah. I think that's that's a fair comment. I, I remember at the time because we he was on loan initially, and it was I, I thought it was a bit of a coup really when they managed to get him permanently, and that he would be one that's kind of kicked on and went for loads of money, but he never really did, which is a bit disappointing really. But yeah, good 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 guy. Fair play. There's another Johnson, and this is probably Martin and Ian probably slightly before. Myself and Jeff's time, but um, there's another Johnson. Uh, Martin, can you think of him? Is it David Johnson? David Johnson, exactly. As Steve Brown's mate. They both came from Next Day, Stroke Van Aid, Stroke Silver oh, Rangers, yeah. whatever they were called at the time. And I think he, he scored a goal, I think, once at Walsall, but he was just like getting warm bodies in. He was a big, strong lad um, in midfield. I think his mates were Steve Brown, maybe came as a bit of a package. And yeah, he's. Clearly never football league quality, but put a shift in and mm. wasn't unpopular. <laughs> yeah, just um, the, the the number of Johnsons in Northampton is slightly worrying me now. We keep uncovering them. So uh, just a couple more before we finish. Uh, Phil Garlick, Richard and Colin Hill. 
That's quite a good one. Nice. Uh, Richard and Hallam Hope. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. From Crookie. Uh, well, uh, Ian Benjamin, Trevor Benjamin. We've already mentioned uh, Trevor already uh, from 1973 Tolbert. Is there any more before we finish? Lee and Alex Nichols. Bless Lee Nichols. Um, who else is uh... he's, play, he's championship playing championship now, isn't he, Lee Nichols? I'm oh, sure yeah, I the, saw uh... his name in a match for Huddersfield or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a good player. And um, the Walkers is quite a good one. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up with the Walkers. Can you can you name all the Walkers? There's quite a lot. Kyle Walker. Say that again. Kyle Walker. Yep, there's a manager as well. Uh, Chris, uh, Clive Walker, didn't he? Between Tony Barton and Graham Carr. Yeah, that's right. And there's a couple more. I think one was did a striker. Paul, I'll give you Paul, a clue. One was a striker, dark hair. Richard Walker. Richard yes. Walker. Did um did Paul Walker ever play in goal? Or was he just he in the team? He, he did. did. And apparently there's a Ricky Walker, but I don't know. Maybe before hmm. my time. So, does that uh, ring a bell with you, Martin? No, not a name I, I recall. Yeah, there was definitely a Paul, wasn't there? Because he was a youth goalie, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was a careful. Oh dear, I think they're thinking Mariner's manager's about to get thrown out. He's going on a go at the um, umpire. <laughs> and he's he's just come back from COVID. He's put his mask on before going to give him a right bollocking into his face. <laughs> any second now, the R's gonna go up, he's gonna throw him out. Right then, let's uh, let's wrap up. We we'll, <laughs> ho- hopefully we'll get promoted on Saturday. Jeff will be on the pitch and uh, yep. doing a few headers, you know. In uh, are we are we all down there for a couple of beers beforehand? Yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a few beers beforehand. Good stuff. Good if stuff. If we get in the playoffs, we don't really want to get in there. But if we do, we'll be back for some more shows. Uh, you know, and if we if we drop out altogether, we'll just just, just go quietly and not do another work. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thanks again. We should, for, we should um, do it. We should do a season review one. Whatever happens, we should have a a light heart. Well, as opposed to our dead serious ones we do normally, we should have a light hearted <laughs> season review once it's all over. Whatever happens. Yeah, I think we should have a game of um, Jeff's Monopoly, and we can just sort yeah, of, I'm up for that. Of that. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and then we'll speak. Right. Take it easy. Cheer- uh, cheers, all. See you, boys. Cheers, guys. Really enjoyed it. Cheers, bye. <laughs> 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.